The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth? This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money and also hopefully develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here is Franco and Marissa. Welcome. You're listening to Conversations with Money. I am your host, Franco Caligiuri. And I'm your host, Marissa Sapolensky. Our show is about tearing apart our beliefs and taking a look at uh, the challenges that we put in our way in building wealth. Welcome, Marissa. Thank you. Welcome, Franco. <laughs> that was a little bit of an awkward pause there. <laughs> it was. I thought you were We are, are co hosts, right? I know. I thought you were going to elaborate on our mission in terms of discussing uh, our limiting beliefs around money, so I wasn't sure. I didn't want to jump in because apparently I interrupt you quite a bit. <laughs> Oh come on! It was only it was only a few comments. They said, "Oh, Marissa, she tends to jump in, but you it's get, excited. get excited. You get excited. Yes, they it, don't get it. Exactly. They, you get excited. It, I get it. It's excitement. I want to share, and I jump in. <laughs> exactly. Well, make sure that uh, you're following us on uh, Twitter, and uh, our Twitter handle is at Your Money Matters, and the matters is M A T T R S. There is no E. And or you can go to our website. Uh, our website is www.capitalcorefinancial.com. Or you can also email in if you have questions during the show, which we highly encourage at info at capitalcorefinancial.com. And if you don't feel like getting personal and intimate just yet, you can also, oh, pardon me, that was backwards. I meant if you want to call in, call in at one 472 Five seven nine zero. You had your coffee. <laughs> yes. Apparently, I had too many coffees. I'm reading backwards. <laughs> you can also uh, like us on on Facebook, and you can go to Capital Court Financial. Well, first, I just want to um, just to to thank uh, some of our listeners, uh, Marissa. We have some listeners in uh, some parts of the world that uh, I just want to. Just to, to acknowledge mm-hmm. and uh, just to say thank you. We have uh, uh, listeners in, in Canada, the United States, um, Taiwan. And the reason why I reference Taiwan is because my wife would, would definitely be very happy to know that people in Taiwan are listening in. Uh, Poland, uh, Kuwait, Germany, and Australia. Yeah, that's cool. It was it was interesting when we saw the number breakdown in terms of the different uh, areas where people were listening in from. It added a different dynamic when I imagined uh, women in Kuwait or Poland listening in. So it's exciting. Yeah, getting yeah. the message out. Well, and also the Cayman Islands, uh, and uh, we thank you uh, that people are listening in the Cayman Islands. We 
you know, maybe one day we'll actually do a show in the Cayman Islands. Right. Well, Marissa, I want to ask you a question. Oh, Jesus. And, and, and well, <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> Marissa. I never know where you're going. <laughs> this is don't be scared. Don't be scared. I want to script stuff. He doesn't want to script stuff. <laughs> well, this is, this is a live show, and it's a show about being real, talking to real people about their real stories. All right. Give me your question. Okay. I will answer. Have you ever run away from money? Huh. Money problems. Money issues. Hmm. Uh, sure. I mean, I think we all have had times in our life where we're not where we want to be or we're not where we thought we would be at a certain age or in a certain period of our life. And, you know, there's, for whatever reasons, you're not comfortable talking about it, whatever that might be, whether it's, you know, public image or your own stories and, and the negative talk that you tell yourself and I shouldn't be here. Oh, my God, I didn't. How do I not know better, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, those were my lines that I told myself. Uh, yeah, for sure. I had times where I tried to run and tried to not open. I mean, I wasn't physically running, although I probably was. I probably started running a lot more at that period of my life. And uh you know, it's the not open the bill. Somebody else will deal with it. You leave the envelope closed a couple lo- days longer than you might have if you were excited to open the envelope. Uh, it catches up to you, though. I, I don't. I've never had a successful runaway. Um, I think it's more of a procrastination tool. But it's interesting that you asked me that. I, I think I, I can definitely relate. I can definitely relate. I think it's a lot easier to to keep the envelope closed or just out of sight, out of mind. But it's not out of mind. That's interesting. It's, it's it tends to stay with us. Uh, for us to believe that we can uh, run away or not face up to our obligations, it, uh, or it's very difficult to, to deceive ourselves. Yeah, and interestingly enough, it actually does the opposite of what you intended. My intent is always to feel better. So you run away from it and not look at it. And I will just, you know, I'll feel better if I don't acknowledge it. But it's the opposite because it's that same feeling of having a secret or that thing that you don't talk about. And the more you keep it in, the more it sort of festers and, and builds inside you. It's very much what it would be like with that. In my experience, well, that's why today I'm I'm excited uh, about our guest uh, Vince uh, Shembri, who has agreed to to share his story, and um, just a little background of of Vince. Uh, Vince has in the last twenty years been working in different areas of finance, uh, accounting, and operations. Uh, Vince hasn't always worked in the financial world, and. Um, his interesting his story is very interesting to to me and and and, and that's what actually got us uh, together and, and and we continue to build a friendship um, uh, over the last uh, geez, since two thousand and two and what uh, what I learned from him is is, is somebody that faced up to his obligations and, and I'm not going <laughs> to take away from Vince's story I want Vince to share it but uh, Vince are you there I'm here how are you Franco hi Marissa how are you Hi, Vince. Welcome to uh, the show, Vince. Well, thank you. I didn't know that I'd be uh, listened to by somebody in other parts of the world. I just thought it was you, me, and Marissa, to be honest with you. Well, being the internet, uh, <laughs> the, the reach is, is global, so <laughs> welcome, to, uh, welcome okay. to the world. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're, you're welcome. 
Yeah, Vince, why don't you share a little bit about uh, your background, where you come from, and, and, uh, and who you are. Sure. Uh, well, my name is Ben Shembrey. I'm uh, 53 years young, and I uh, live in different parts of the world, to be honest with you. Um, actually, I've enjoyed quite a few of them. I was born in Vancouver. Uh, from there, I moved to Toronto till I was uh, two. Then from there, I moved to Brazil till I was four. Then I moved to Italy till I was uh, nine. Then I went to Australia till I was 18. And then I came here, and I've been here. This is probably my fourth time. I've been moving around as well quite a few different times. I've always had a knack for numbers, although I got myself into trouble as well. So just because you have a knack for it doesn't mean you won't get yourself into trouble because you think you're going to get yourself out of it. And I heard what Marissa was saying. It's, yeah, it just lingers on. Um, you never really get it out of your mind. And I've always enjoyed numbers. I mean, I know that could be a kind of uh, square for a lot of people, but I dream about them. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you, right? I, I, I like I, numbers I, too. I can relate. I just love them. I, I don't know what to say. I know one, one plus one is two. It's not three. It's not four. It ain't anything else, right? So... I just love how precise it is, and I love solving mathematical uh, issues. Married with a young boy at three years, uh, three years young, almost three. Loving life, love what I do, love helping, and happy to share. So go ahead and ask me what well, Vin- you guys are Vince, uh, did Vince, did you always like numbers? As far as I can remember, I always did, even in, uh, in high school. Although I didn't study, it was the only subject I passed without studying. Didn't pass greatly, but I always passed, so I've always had a love for them. Mm-hmm. I could actually sit there, as my wife would say, and I would, uh, I would dream about them. But there was a period of time in your life where numbers weren't your friend. No, they weren't. I mean, um, the, the main reason is that I was looking for other things. Uh, also, um, I had uh, decided to uh, uh, let go and uh, uh, cast off all restraint, if you want to call it that. And therefore, you know, I, we would go out more often than we would uh, keep our money and over time, we actually ate our rent. So when it came to pay the rent, we had eaten it and uh, there was nothing left. So that caused a major, major headache. How did you get uh, yourself into that uh, position? Um, the way you get yourself in those positions is you don't pay attention. You, don't, uh, you really live for the moment. You don't realize that there are consequences to it. And uh, it's slow. It's not, like, it's, not, it's not like I went out and... You know, I was authorized to spend, let's say, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, and I just blew it all in one shot. A little bit every time, and over time, what happens is you you're putting more money on debt than you are actually bringing in. I call it the if come. I lived on if come as opposed to income. You know, I was you know, oh yeah, it will come, it will come if it comes, if it comes. So uh, you know, yeah, it will come, it will come. So then, what happened is it didn't come, and you know, um, uh, incomes go in cycles. And I believe your attitude is what determines whether it does or doesn't come in. And it had quite a negative impact on me because at the end of the day, here I was now, I had, uh, I had uh, two credit cards outstanding. I had BC Hydro, BC Tel, those are our local um, uh, utility company after me. I had two eviction notices and it just went from there and I wasn't earning enough. So at the end of the day, what I was doing is I was just allowing to live myself any way that I wanted to and it caused nothing but a ruckus. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. And you always have that feeling that, like you're sitting on a nail and it kind of hurts, but not bad enough. And so to drown out your sorrows, you go out again, because that's what you know how to do instead of, you know, sitting down and going, okay, where am I at? And what am I going to do about it? How old were you? What, what, uh, what age were you when this uh, uh, happened? This happened in my 30s. It happened in my 30s. Okay. So it went on for a period of time and uh, got to the point where I thought the best way to uh, avoid creditors is just to move and not tell them that I've moved. 
and I'll give them my new phone number. I wouldn't advise anybody doing that. I would advise that if I had to do it again, I would actually, uh, I would confront them and, and work out some kind of a plan. But that was my plan. My plan was let's move. Oh, they found me the second time. Let's move again. So I moved four or five times and I changed my number four or five times. Now, uh, during this period of time, uh, I remember you telling me that, that you, 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 well, you actually, didn't you move countries? I moved countries as well. I had a great opportunity. Um, I worked in, the, in, uh, in an offshore world, and being in finance, I was offered a great position with great income. It was in U.S. funds, no taxes. Now, now <laughs> when you moved countries, was it also because you're, you, you were running away from the situation that you're in or, or the amount of debt that uh, you had accumulated uh, where you were living at the time? Uh, no, I had a better opportunity. I just took my debt. Actually, I actually managed to pay most of it off. But uh, uh, near the end, I started having fun because I hadn't really curtailed it. So I decided that, you know what, I'm making this money. It's going to go on forever. Well, but of course it didn't. And then before I know it, I had nothing. And then when I came back, um, I didn't have the kind of lifestyle that I had before. And, and the debt just kept piling on and on and on and on. So really, I didn't learn my lesson. I went, you know, it was great. Uh, I mean, when I look back, it was a really good learning experience. Would I do anything different? Yeah, I would have better control on my money. And that means better control on my discipline, which I did not, I was not disciplined. Hmm. I, I want to talk to you more about what went on that. Did, did you see other options or was it just move, 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 run, run, run? At first it was move, move, move. When I got to the, uh, when I moved countries, so I, my goal was to stay there for five years and, you know, and obviously pay all that off. Um, but, um, when I, uh, when I finally came back, I decided, you know what, um, I have to do something about this because it seems like my habits are the problem, not where I'm going. It doesn't matter how much I, I earn. It seems to be that I've got some very bad habits and I need to get a hold of these things. Otherwise it's never going to go away. Never. Right. So hmm. I made a, I made a decision. I looked at my wife and I said, okay, we can live one of two ways. We can keep living this way. But, uh, uh, when the creditors come, you answer them. Or two is we can come up with a new plan, and um, you're going. To, we're going to have to learn to live below the line. What I mean below the line is uh, whatever you earn, don't spend more than what you earn. And uh, there'll be some uh, very, um, I wouldn't say tough years, but some very lean years, where you know right, first ahead. we lived we we lived on what we wanted to earn, uh, what we thought we could earn, which we didn't. But now we're going to live on what we actually have, and let's have some left over so that we got a future. Well, of course, she didn't like that. And we had wonderful discussions that you can possibly imagine. Yeah. And, uh, Vince, I'm going to interrupt you for a sec because we're going to go on sure. to a break. But I want to talk more when we get back about that transition time and when you made the decision to to start looking at options and to build a plan and what that took and what that looked like for you and for your wife in regards to your individual situations and in your relationship. Uh, we, if anybody wants to call in, our toll-free number is one 472 5790 or you can email us at info at capitalcorefinancial.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. Uh, our guest today is uh, Vince Shembri. And uh, before the break, uh, Vince, we were talking about, um, well, you're sharing your story. You're sharing how you had uh, run away from, from certain obligations. You're, you pursued uh, another opportunity. And Marissa, you want to? Yeah, I, I wanted to ask. Uh, I know it was five moves, Vince, and I know it was a change in countries. It was, it was changing roles, changing responsibilities, and, and it, it seemed as though this, this continued to follow you. What I want to know is, what did it take? What was the thing you said, you know, you're sitting on the nail and it's it's only as bad as it's manageable. It's almost manageable debt, manageable pain, manageable discomfort. What was the trigger point that happened? Or, or what was the situation? What came to happen that caused you to say, okay, this is no longer, why didn't you move a sixth time? Why didn't you move a seventh time? Why did you decide to make change? Why did you decide that it was time to start having as you called it, a leaner year, and to well, start looking at implementing change? Well, I mean, you think about it. How many times are we going to move, and is it actually going to get any better? Who am I really kidding? I'm just, you know, I'm kidding myself. You know, my wife, she's responsible for herself and, and us, right? But at the end of the day, I'm the head of the household. And if I don't, if I don't do anything better, then what's it going to make better? I could sit here and complain about our governments. You know, it doesn't matter whether you are in the world that they're doing, whatever they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. But am I doing any better? Am I? No. What future do I have? Am I going to live hand to mouth every single time? So when I get into my into other years, am I really going to be able to enjoy life, or am I just going to be sitting there wondering, you know, is this going to, is this going to ever stop? So I thought about it and I go, you know what? The reality here is I'm the problem, me. Mm-hmm. The I know. Else, I love that. Right? I love that when you hear people say, "Wherever I go, there I am." Yeah, it doesn't matter. Wherever you go, there you are. I moved five times. It didn't get any better. So obviously yeah. the move wasn't the issue. I went out of country. I mean, I was making I mean, I was making great money back then. That wasn't the issue. Right? So wherever I went, it seemed to have the same problem. So obviously I'm the problem. And I'm thinking, okay, well, 
uh, all right, is this thing ever going to turn around? I mean, I'm also a religious person, a, a faithful person to God as well, right? And I read all these promises and I'm thinking like, man, it doesn't feel like this is actually working. So either, either, either God's ways are wrong or I'm the one who's the problem. Well, honestly, I've been trying it this way. Why don't I try it a different way and see what happens? What have I got to lose? Because you know what? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Obviously, what I was doing was not working. Or I'll rephrase it. It was working. It produced the result that is desired. In other words, if you spend more than what you got, you get into debt, and eventually you ain't going to like it. So in actual fact, I succeeded at, at failing, if that's what you want to call it. I'm thinking, okay, let's try it the other way and see what happens. Everybody, I mean, the majority of people are all complaining about what? They don't have enough money. You know, They spend more than they've got. I'm thinking, okay, well, if the majority of people are doing that, what are the other people who are not in the majority, who are enjoying it, doing. Let's find some of those and see what happens. Well, that's what I decided to do. But what was it? I'm, I still, what was it that told you that you can't, like, what was the thing that happened that you decided, I can't keep doing it this way? I can't and say and when did you come to a point where you realized, if I keep trying to do this the same way, this is insane? It wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, all of a sudden the sky opened up and there it was and it actually (laughs) happened, right? It's just clarity. It it was just clarity. It's like, hey, this is not going to get any better, period, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're kidding yourself. You know, arguing with my wife and arguing with bill collectors and so on, who created that? You know, if you really trace it back, you have to say, you've made some decisions that produced this result. And you, you know what? I succeeded at creating debt. That's how I look at it. So I'm thinking, hang on a moment here. If I made these steps and it produced these results, right, and I don't like them, what if I do these steps, according to these other people and what I've read, what will it produce? It's going to take time. I didn't get into debt overnight. It took four, five, six, I don't know, maybe 10 years, right? I'm not sure how long it took. I'm thinking, okay, well, if I become more disciplined, what does that mean? That what that meant to me is, you know, I've got a choice here because I wasn't broke. The problem was this, that I didn't have enough money to satisfy all my taste buds. What does that mean? Well, you know, I had X to live on, so I had a choice here. I could go out every night, but then I wouldn't have any money for rent or I could use it for rent and not go out every night. Different choice. What kind of results are it going to give me? I'm going to have a roof over my head as opposed to not, no roof over my head, <laughs> right? And I'd have more money mm-hmm. also for groceries as well. So if I'm, if I'm good with the little, I came across this one thing that, that said this. It really resonated with me. He was faithful in little, was faithful in much. And he was unrighteous in little, is unrighteous in much. So I read the, also the book, Franco knows it as well, The Richest Man in Babylon. And that's what mm-hmm. it talked about. Is if you're good with the little in your hands, you'll be good with the big. But if you're not good with the little, you ain't going to be good with the big. And I was living proof of it. As little as I had, as much as I had, I still had the same problem. Right. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. It's, it's not necessarily about the income. It's the story and the meaning that we place on the money and then the behaviors follow us. Absolutely. So whether you're making a little or you're making a lot and you, you continue and that's why you oftentimes will hear those stories about those people with the very large income in the households and they're still not managing to make ends meet. Well, I mean, no kidding. Of course, they were doing that with the smaller income and as it progressed, it continued. Uh, sure. I'm curious, how did sure. it feel how did it feel on a deeper level uh, when you started to make that shift, when you started to take responsibility, which is what it sounds like, and look at, okay, I created the situation? Because I don't, I, I imagine, I assume that when you ran, you know, for those years or, and the five times and you ran from it to a large degree, 
the that 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 is not taking full responsibility obviously uh when you made that shift and you decided i'm going to take responsibility and i'm going to you know chip away at this how did that feel Oh, at first it didn't feel good because I have to start saying no to things. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, you're living a certain life, right? And you've gotten used to it and all of a sudden you've got to say no. Right? So it doesn't feel good at first. But it didn't take long to go, you know what? All of a sudden, I mean, I still had the debt. Let's be honest about it. I still had the creditors calling me. But it's almost like, I don't know if you have, if you have I mean, I think Marissa, I know Marissa, you have, as far as uh, in sports, your discipline, right? It produces a result, right? It's almost like you're sweating but after the sweat, what happens? You actually feel good, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you've, you've exercised. Yeah. And, uh, Vince, I'm going to interrupt you for a sec because we're going to go on sure. to a break. But I want to talk more when we get back. Uh, we, if anybody wants to call in, our toll-free number is 1-866-472-5790. Or you can email us at info at capitalcorefinancial.com. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money. With Franco Calagiri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. Uh, I am your host, Franco Calagiri. And I'm your host, Marissa Sipolinski. Now, before the, the break, uh, Vince, uh, Marissa had asked you a question of, of how it felt. Uh, what, what, uh, what got you to a point of where you wanted to change and, and you felt that it was necessary to change? Do you mind uh, just continue on from there? No, I don't mind. Yeah, I want to know too, Vince, on an emotional level, what it felt like when you started implementing the changes a- after the initial discomfort of implementing discipline and restricting yourself a bit on purchase decisions and and what have you. I- I'm curious to know emotionally how it started to progress. 
Well, let me say this, okay? Uh, first of all, the first challenge I had was not me, it was my wife, okay? So at the end of the day, I'm responsible for her as well. So um, I had two choices. Like, you mean responsible for her financially? Oh, not just financially, but even emotionally. It's not, you know, when you're on your own, it's a lot easier. I mean, for me, I could live in a, in a, in a corner. I could live with very little. But, you know, my wife is different. Not necessarily that's bad or worse. I'm just saying she's different. So I had to take that into account. So, you know, so I had to ask her what things were important to her. And let me tell you, I made it a very short list. <laughs> okay. And she didn't like that at all. So mostly that's a real big drain on her as well. And if it affects her, it affects me. And because, it, you know, you can't live in the same house as somebody else and not, and not affect you. You'd be foolish if you did. So I had to take it one step at a time. So the goal for me was to show her, look, we went this way. Were you happy? And I asked her for honest answers. And the answers were, no, I wasn't happy. Right? Was I happy? No, I wasn't. I wasn't happy either. Were we happy? No, we weren't happy either. Okay, so are we going to continue this method? That's the question I asked her. She says, no, I don't want to. I said, well, what are you willing to give up to go in another direction? So that's the first step you had to take. Because, you know, hey, I live with my spouse. I didn't have kids. I didn't have Theo back then, which is our, which is our son. So then once we decided that, I said, okay, let's write down the things that are definitely necessary. We have this much money to work with. Let's write out the things that are necessary. We wrote all those out, okay? And then, you know, we added up what those things are going to cost. That's the other thing we didn't do. We never really took the time to sit down and say, how much does it take of our income to do whatever that was? So we looked at it and went, okay, we wrote all those down. We matched it to our income. And by the way, the outflow was greater than the, the inflow. You got a problem, you know? And you do that a lot, enough times, it becomes debt. So obviously we had to cut back, cut back. And I didn't want to cut back to the point where outflow was equal to inflow. I wanted to cut back where outflow was less than inflow. And what did that look like? Well, that meant a lot of stuff had to go out. So emotionally, that was very, very, very taxing. But as time progressed and we stuck with it and we started to see some results, what happened was emotionally, all of a sudden you're going like, hey, this feels better. Hey, I actually have money to do this. Because you, we always gave ourselves something as well. You know, I don't think we're any different than animals. If you, if you, if you wanted to do a, a trip or a jump or whatever, you want to give them something. In, in a lot of ways. You need a treat. A treat. Yeah, sorry. Not a trick. A treat. Right? So we gave ourselves a treat. So our treat was that we'd go once a week to Wendy's. That's what it was. Okay? <laughs> we look forward to it. We knew all the Wendy's in, the, in Vancouver. It didn't matter where we were. That's where we went. Right? We went to where SkyTrain was. So therefore, it made it easier for us to move around. And we picked a place where it was central to all the other places as well. So this last move was actually designed to help us float around, move around. And the place we picked was Metrotown. Why? Because we could be anywhere to the downtown area. We were outside of the downtown area. And plus, all the shopping that we wanted was right there. So we didn't need anything to go get our groceries as well. All we needed was a shopping cart. So we would get a shopping cart and we would, we would push it all the way back. And then we knew there was a gentleman who went around collecting them and he'd, he'd collect them and get the $1. So we actually created commerce for somebody else as well. And all of a sudden, now we start having money in the bank as opposed to it going out. It changed the whole situation. And how did it feel? Awesome. Now, not only could we do some of the things we couldn't do before, we could do a few more. And we would put that in our, in our in what I, we called, I called it a forward-looking plan because a lot of people don't like the word budget. Uh, it, it feels res- restraining. So what I said was, look, what we're doing is we're looking forward, right? So if we're looking forward, why don't we call it a forward-looking financial plan? So I would list all the incomes because I was a numbers nerd. 
And then I would list all the outflows, right? And make sure that it wasn't even close to the line. And there was, uh, there was an amount left over. We would assign a certain portion. And I would say to my wife, well, she'd say, well, I want to do whatever I want to do. So I said, okay, well, how much money do you want every, let's say every two weeks? And we decided that's what it would be. That way we would still be below the line. And she would get that. She could do whatever she wants. She could blow it all in one shot. She could uh, stretch it out. But if she blew it all in one shot, there was no more until another two weeks. Period. End of story. Yeah, it's like the it's like the allowance we get when we're children. Exactly. Exactly. Right? But she could do whatever she wanted to it. Whatever she wanted. I didn't need it. I just whenever I wanted something, you know, I would go for it. Remember, I'm the guy, I'm a hermit. I could live anywhere with I was interested to hear how it felt for him on an emotional level because we've worked with so many people over the years where you see such shifts and transformations when they start to take responsibility and when they start to, you know, it's funny, we call it an allowance or, you know, when we were kids and we had that allowance or we have a budget and people have the association of penny pinching and living a restrictive life, like there's a very distinct association. But it doesn't have to be that way. It's not for the purpose of putting somebody in an uncomfortable situation. It's for the purpose of getting the numbers so that you see my outflow is greater than my inflow, as he called it. You know, I'm spending more than I'm making. I'm living outside my means. It's getting the data so that you can build a plan and move forward. Are you back, Vince? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, we were just talking, Vince. I was just talking a little bit about the emotional shifts that usually comes for someone and, and how it trickles into other areas of their life as well and when we start to take responsibility for our financial situation and we stop running. I mean, any any situation that I look at in my life or in people that I know or people I've worked with over the years that they have chosen to you know run, as we called it, from the problem, whatever that may be, whether it's debt, relationship, whatever behavior it is, you know, we know that it follows us, but the effects of running trickles into every area of our life. And I, I see the opposite of the flip side when someone makes the change and they start to take responsibility and they start to change that distinct behavior. What a huge effect it has in transforming so many areas of their life other than, you know, more than just that one area. So I'm curious, how did your relationship uh, transform or how did your relationship did it change well, me, when you started to take responsibility well let me give you an example okay because this used to happen every year <laughs> okay every year whether whether we were in debt or not my wife would come to me and say hey uh, Christmas is coming I go it's true it comes every year <laughs> right and she goes well mm-hmm. um, I want to buy presents for so and so and so and so I said well that's interesting I said you know ask me next month and that would start in August and September and I'd say ask me next month before you know we're in December Right? So really what I wanted to do is avoid it. But you know what? She wasn't going to avoid it. So what would always happen is that uh, when you're in debt, you leave it to the last minute. And of course, you know, you get the, you know, whatever's left over and she wasn't happy and it just went on and on and on. And plus you'd be in debt. To boot. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, this is madness. <laughs> okay? This is total madness. I can't believe that this is a problem and it happens every year. I mean, you're not going to be able to avoid it. So I said, okay. Once I got onto the plan, right, and we started having money left over, I said, okay. I came to her in June, never mind August. I didn't wait this time. I actually, and it's interesting, when you actually stop running, you actually are the one that uh, instead of reacting, you're actually doing something beforehand. So I went to her in June and I said, hey, I want to talk about Christmas. She goes, it's June, don't you know that? I said, yeah, well, you know what? Before we know it, it'll be December. It happens every year. Okay. I said, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about Christmas this year. She goes, okay. 
I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down all the people that you want to buy Christmas presents for. She said, okay. I said, and then I'll give you the next piece. I think I'll give it to her a little bit at a time. So she goes, I said, you know what? Humor me. Write it out because she didn't want to. I said, if you don't write it down, when December comes, there's no discussion. Okay, so I want to ask what you, you with everything that, uh, everything that uh, you were doing to, to change the situation where you had debt and you, you, didn't, uh, you were overspending, you didn't have the money to, to actually take care of your obligations, how about you yourself? Because you reference your, your wife many, many times, but how about you yourself? What changed for you? Well, the biggest thing, Franco, is I felt like a failure. How was I in a country that has great opportunities just not making it? How? How is that possible? How is it possible that, you know, we have every opportunity, we have peace, you know, we have employment. I mean, we have the ups and downs, right? There's everything around us, and yet I find myself in this position. How is that possible? I just didn't know but the answer. With all of those right? things that we have, we have accessibility that's increased dramatically over the years. And and you look statistically, it's over 75% of, if we isolate Canadians, are in debt, and I believe it's over 80% in, in uh, the U.S. So it's not difficult with the way that the consumerism and accessibility to things and shiny objects, whatever they might look like for you, whatever ever those are for you it's really not difficult to get yourself in that situation so i i completely understand i think i think most people listening probably do if you fall within that statistic it's a matter though of making the choice to no longer be part of that statistic it's a matter of making the choice to take responsibility as you said and make the change and to sit down and have that hard conversation with yourself of saying how am i here and and not making it about being either I think is a a thing that we hear a lot like this happened to me I don't know how I got here I I think part of taking responsibility is really looking at how you caused yourself to be in that situation and how you created it well I knew how I got there I mean look being a numbers guy and and taking care of accounting and so on for many years I knew how I got there so there was no escape for me (laughs) okay I could play the you know the, the innocent person go like how did I get here I knew right and actually as you've been talking it now triggered a memory for me. You asked me before, when did you really know? I had one time the, the chance to actually train with an Olympic gold medalist. He, he actually was in the 96 uh, Olympics and won a gold medal. And, uh, you know, because I love what I do, I asked the individual, hey, um, would it be, and I love uh, athletics. He was an, uh, an athlete. I said, is it possible for me to come and watch you train? And he goes, well, come and watch me train. He goes, come and train with me. So I did. I regretted it, of course. But one thing he taught me that day is that the reason he won a gold medal is because he was disciplined. And he looked at me and said, Vince, that was 37 at the time. He says, you can be a gold medalist. I said, a gold medalist? I said, listen, I'm 37 years old. What are you talking about? He goes, in life, it's a disciplined life that will get you there. And I remember having this aha moment going like, uh-huh. Here's a guy who trained three times a day, refused to go downtown because he lived in Surrey because he wanted to win a gold medal. I'm thinking, well, there it is right there. It's called discipline. If, if it works Good old for discipline. Athlete, if it works for an athlete, it can work for anybody. Mm-hmm. There is my but that's the, that's the con- conundrum where the, the discipline portion of it 
or the, the discipline side uh, of how we actually approach finances is where a lot of people fail. We are not taught the, the habits. We're not uh, taught the consistency towards money, towards finances, towards tracking our expenses, our budget. You reference, uh, or Marissa, you actually reference the, the uh, population in terms of how much or how many people are in debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Canada alone, our show is, is a producer. We live here in Canada. Canadians, 165% of their, their, their income is obligated towards debt. So the household debt obligation is 165%. So for every dollar that is pulled in or earned, $1.65 has to go out to meet obligations. So the, the, the discipline is a very difficult part to, to overcome. Well, Vince, you talked about this Olympic athlete saying that we, we're all uh, gold medalists. But we elevate the status of individuals that 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 um, hit certain levels of, of achievement, especially in sports. We look, we put them on a pedestal because of the discipline and the the approach that they take, the discipline approach that they take to achieve the results that uh, they do accomplish. And but can you imagine if we actually took that same approach to finances, to our own financial affairs? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. It's the same as, you know, it's the same when people fall off a diet and they keep trying, they fall off a diet and they'll start Monday, I'll start Monday, I'll start Monday. The discipline with that is no different really than the discipline in starting, whether it's budgeting or living within their means and getting that 1.65% down to one and then getting it down so that their, their output is actually less than what they're bringing in. But it's building the muscle, building the, I'm, I'm referring to discipline now as a muscle, building the muscle in a way that you can do it so that it's gradual and comfortable and not so scary. For a lot of people, they look at it as it's like going from a, I don't know, McDonald's eating crazy diet. I'm not, not that McDonald's is crazy, but something where you eat everything to tomorrow. I'm going to implement. Well, you say chocolate because <laughs> in this office, we love chocolate. No, but I mean something where you go, yeah, say I eat, let's just hypothetically imagine I eat chocolate every day to I'm never eating chocolate again. There's, it's a huge shift and a huge change and I'm about to implement a dramatic change and it's scary. And then as soon as I feel any weakness and I lose that that muscle I'm trying to build, that discipline, and I'm not in my strongest moment, then it turns into, ah, screw it, I'm just going to eat the chocolate and I'll start on Monday. That that whole way of being and that whole way of thinking and behaving, we see it all the time. That same chocolate analogy is with finances all the time. You ask people to go on a budget and you you see people tracking for three days. And they cringe to even they cringe. just bring up the word right. budget. It's the same as diet. It's I mean, I... Correlation is... Yeah. And so I think if we have people build the muscle slowly, similarly to how we're saying to build the muscle slowly in any discipline, you don't just go out and all of a sudden you're competing to be in the Olympics. It's training every day, day in and day out, building the muscle, building the muscle, discipline. And and I think we do put those people oftentimes on a pedestal with the, with the strong discipline. We see whether it's on the physical side or in, you know, business side or on the financial side, whatever it took to build, but it's that is the consistent throughway is the discipline that it takes to achieve great things. So I guess it comes down to how badly do you want it and uh, how badly do you want it and how committed you are to developing that discipline. So, oh, we have a question about discipline that just came in. Sure. 
It's a comment, actually, from Jane. I find it difficult. Thank you, Jane, by the way. I find it difficult to be disciplined when it comes to budgeting every month. Thank God I put money aside for RSPs, etc. I think I, that I lack discipline in some areas of my life. This is an aha moment for me. Thank you for sharing, Vince. Well, thank you, Vince. Pardon me. Thank you, Vince. And thank you, Jane, for, for sharing that. I think that I, I appreciate you writing I that you lack discipline in other areas of your life. I think that for myself, whenever I've had to implement greater degrees of discipline and build that muscle and work and consciously work, building exercises that I do every day personally, and I know a lot of people we work with, it's, it's a building a muscle every day, doing something, even if it's something little every day to, you know, whether it's tracking the receipts or budgeting, whatever it is that you're working on, choose something little that you do every day, but it's great when you, and which is why it's nice to hear from you, Jane, it's great when you can start to see the other areas of your life that you're lacking that that in, because I think it'll help motivate you to take action. Vince, uh, we're coming to the end of the show, and uh, we want to thank you for, for being our guest and for, for sharing. If our listeners want to uh, check out, uh, check out who you are, how can they get a hold of you, or how can they check you out? Well, they can check us out uh, from our website. Uh, you can go to www.clydesdaleservices.com. Clydesdale spelled C-L-Y-D-E-S-D-A-L-E, services.com. You can also look me up on Facebook under my name, Vince Shembury, um, the individual from Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, you know, and, and in, those, in both of those areas, there's phone numbers there or emails that you can obviously email me if you wish at Vince at ClydesdaleServices.com as well. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have. And uh, you know what? I also don't mind sharing what I went through at the end of the day. If it could help somebody, why not? Great. Thank you. Thank you, Vince. I think this is an interesting conversation. I'm glad that we started the conversation. I look forward to getting into it more over the next few weeks with more guests, but running from our money. I love the wherever I go, there I am. At the end of the day, we, we can only run so far before it catches up with us. So thank it you for always that. It will. always does, right? Yeah. I mean, let's. this is great. We're opening the conversation to taking responsibility and looking at how that affects other areas of our life and, and building discipline. Absolutely. And uh, next week, we will continue to talk to real people. Uh, our, next, our guest next week is Dave Zilly. Dave Zilly has a family, uh, lives uh, here in Vancouver, and also has a business and uh, has been working hard in building his business. And he's going to share a very interesting and very unique uh, story, which I think a lot of people would be able to relate to. So we look forward to having you tune in next week and joining us as we have our guest, Dave Zilly. Well, hopefully you enjoyed our, our show. We, um, uh, I know that uh, we have ourselves enjoyed talking to Vince Shembury. Make sure that you are following us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Your Money Matters. And the matters, there is no E, so it's Your Money Matters, M-A-T-T-R-S. Or you can check us out. Marissa and I have a promo video that you can see who we are. You actually get to see mm-hmm. what we look like. I and work against us or for <laughs> <laughs> At CapitalCorpFinancial.com. And also Facebook at Capital Core Financial, or you can send us an email, and our email is info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Well, we hope that you enjoyed the show, and we look forward to uh, seeing you and hearing from you next week. Enjoy your week. Thank you for tuning in this week. 
Please join Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 